It's me, Miss Kadabra. Over here at Smoke to Smoke, it fills me with absolute joy and excitement to bring you product reviews and interviews with amazing guests each week. And now, the show has a sponsor that's equally as excited to bring you more great content in 2023. Stand back and make way for the new sponsor, Caligars. Caligars is an up-and-coming heavy hitter in the cannabis industry. We're talking about Blunt and Joint Roller Central over here as these guys have Blunt and Keith Glue in seven different flavors, Joint Rollers, Canagar Packing Kits, Glass and Wood Tips, Cones and Cannons, Blunt Wraps, and so much more. If you want to up your rolling game, head on over to Caligars.com and don't forget to use the code CADABRA23 to save yourself 10% off your future purchases. That's C-A-D-A-B-R-A-2-3 to save yourself 10% off. Hello and welcome to Smoke to Smoke, the show that'll get you in the know about smoke and drill. I'm your host, Kadabra. With this podcast, I hope to inform you about the fast-growing world of cannabis. I'll be discussing strains, cannabis legislation, groundbreaking studies on the herb, and much more because there's a lot to cover. This podcast is for listeners 18 and up, so if you're a little kid, I might have to ask you to leave for now, but when it's your time, I'll be here and just feel free to hop on back in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Again, for this episode of Smoke to Smoke, I'll be talking with Miss Gwen, a lovely guest that happens to be the founder and CEO of THT's LLC, a shop that sells a variety of hemp-based accessories from candles to wallets to bags and much more. Before we get started, though, I have a quick disclaimer. While making an immense effort to broadcast accurate information, I am not a doctor. I am simply presenting my views based on what I gather from my own research. Please do not use this podcast as medical advice and be sure to consult your physician for any medical issues you may be having. Thank you. Now, let's light up and dig in. Hey, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Can you start out by introducing yourself for the folks at home? Hi, yeah. Um, My name is Gwen, and I'm the founder of THTs. I live in Eugene, Oregon. It's gorgeous out here. Um, We love that it's cannabis loving. I dropped out of um, Idaho State University to pursue this business. I was majoring at their business college. But then I, you know, packed up my entire life to move to Oregon and chase like the community in the cannabis industry and just been making a name for my business out here and promoting its sustainability. Okay, so what inspired you so much that made you very passionate about cannabis to the point where you wanted to make the switch with your career? So it all kind of started for me, um, definitely on the sustainable sides of things. I was, I kind of popped into a hydroponics class um, in college, and it taught me about uh, how much water was used for the cultivation of specific plants. And that's when I kind of started understanding, you know, what cannabis was, what hemp was, because um, the idea came around 2018 when I was watching um, a local news channel. That's when the U.S. Farm Bill of 2018 was was cleared through the federal government. And I just thought, what a better opportunity to 
work with cannabis and work towards like a better greener environment for like myself and like my kids, my friends, my family, than to, uh, you know, sell something that is just so good for the planet. So did you get an introduction into the cultivation side and work in the cannabis industry first or did you kind of start your business first? So it really started for me when I was looking for hemp products, but I couldn't find them. So once I saw, you know, that the 2018 Farm Bill was passed, I was like, okay, so how do I get my hands on some of this hemp stuff? Because if it's so good, then why can't I get any? You know, I was looking it up online, couldn't find any. And I did some real digging. And then I was like, so if nobody has it, why can't I just be um, in this industry? Why can't I start something for myself, source it and sell it and work with the farms and you know, find my own community here. So that's kind of how I got started into it was researching, trying to get the product myself and it just not being available to me. Okay. So tell us more about your shop. What kind of products do you sell? So we sell basically everything that um, we can get our hands on that's super high quality organic hemp, um, industrial hemp. So it has to be under that 0.3% of THC for the fiber. So that means we started out with just like uh, making the soaps and then it got into candles. Then it got into the handmade um, braided necklaces, stuff like that. Then we started working with uh, sourcing for the shirts and for backpacks and for socks and for all the all the stuff like that. So it's all industrial. It's nothing that you can consume unless you're going to eat one of our um Uh, lip balms. There's nothing, you know, you can eat or consume. So it's not like the typical cannabis that you're, you know, smoking for recreational, medical, whatever purposes. This is, you know, the industrial hemp side of things, which is, I say it's the best friend to cannabis because there's so many good things about cannabis and there's um, even more so in the products that you can wear and the products that you can um, use for you know, because it can be made into eventually like plates, cups, bowls, um, anything made out of plastic can be made out of a, a hemp um, substitution bioplastic. And I think we're really just starting to get into the things of the potential that um, hemp can be. Okay. On the show, we typically talk a lot about the benefits medicinally that cannabis mm-hmm. can have, although I'm not a professional, mm-hmm. so don't quote me on any of this, but yeah. we do like to talk about these things. However, mm-hmm. we don't very often talk about the industrial side because they, mm-hmm. you're right, there are so many different uses for it from like having it in different um, like clothing like I've seen shoes with it. I've like, I think I saw like a yeah. prototype for like a hemp car. Yeah. And it's crazy because I feel like it's, it was interesting, you know, in 2018 when, um, you know, the distinction was made between the two, but I feel like it was such a great opportunity for us to come together because now there's a federally legal side of uh, marijuana and it's not being um, demonized the same way it was used to with the, um, intentional, um, I guess, bashing of the entire cannabis industry, you know, because there are motives behind that. So, you know, just getting our, our foot a step in the door with um, being able to grow the product and make money from it and uh, having it profitable, then we're able to spread those proceeds to other types of the cannabis industry, push for positive progression in legalization for, you know, the medical community and the recreational community, because those are all, it's all part of the same plant, you know, it's all, we all got the same roots. And, you know, even though there are distinctions in the THC levels or, 
you know, um, the way things that can be grown, you know, we're all, we're all the same plant at heart here with the, with the cannabis. All right. So, sorry, I had to clear my throat for a second. Uh, what are some, what are some of your favorite products that you have in your shop? I have, um, well, my favorite product are like the backpacks and the reusable. We have um, reusable bags that I take into store instead of plastic bags. Here in Oregon, we we have a bag tax for the plastic bags. And I got so sick of paying five cents per bag that, and I didn't really want to get one of, it kind of seemed um, a little ridiculous to me that they were selling like reusable plastic bags, or you could just buy another reusable plastic bag for like five cents. So you could either buy one plastic bag for five cents that you're supposed to reuse, or another more expensive plastic bag for like a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars. When I was when I can just use one of my own hemp bags that just biodegrades and doesn't cause the same problems as plastic does. So that's one of my favorite things. Or I also like our candles. Um, but right now, a fan favorite is the lip balms. Those are our newest addition. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, about the bag tax. So as listeners know, usually the show is based in Arkansas, but you are the very first guest that I've had on the show since the Smoke to Smoke HQ has moved over to Colorado. And yes. there's a bag tax here. It's 10 cents per bag. 10 cents? Oh, that's a double organ. That's yeah. pretty expensive. Yeah, I was a little confused. Like some stores, like that, you don't even have the option. There's just no plastic bags that you have to bring no your plastic. own or you carry it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that they're um, heading towards that here. I think I saw a sign outside one of our WalMarts or something saying that mm. you know all of the bags are going away. So definitely, if you're looking for an alternative to just buying a more expensive plastic bag, maybe head towards um, an organic solution like a hemp bag. All right. So you said your shop has been online since 2018, or did you start out really with like a brick and mortar place? So the idea um, came to me in 2018. I didn't actually um, set up the business until 2021. Okay. You know, I was a, I was a broke college student, um, you know, moving out of my um, state of Idaho and going to Oregon just on, you know, a hope and a dream and a prayer. Um, that this was all going to work out for me and little bit by little bit. Now it's been a slow process. You know, this isn't, this isn't something quick that I was able to just go into because I had like $10,000 like to just put into it. No, I worked, I, I worked a little bit out of every single paycheck to work towards getting products and work towards getting my, um, like right now I'm working on the trademark, buying the LLC and uh, sourcing products and uh, paying import taxes and things like that. So in 2021, I was able to get my website going, um, but it wasn't until uh, this year that we're going to be at um, a bunch of festivals in Oregon, like the Oregon Hemp Fest um, on June 24th and 25th. Uh, we'll be there in Oakland, Oregon. And then we're also at some local events like the uh, farmers markets and um, the Saturday artisans markets here in Eugene. So we don't even have a brick and mortar store yet. This all started out of my bedroom. This all started with just literally a dream and a hope to create a sustainable business and like set up an example of what sustainable business can be. And hemp has been an amazing uh, material to work with. And it's given me so much freedom to promote cannabis in a positive light because I feel like before, before hemp was legalized, 
you know, it was so easy to uh, disregard uh, marijuana as just a consumable as far as the THC or CBD. But now it's into something completely new. Yeah, now it's coming into all facets to where you can't escape it because it's going to be in your hair. Yeah, you can't escape it. Yeah, it's going to be in your lip balm and your shampoo and everything and your bedspread everywhere. (laughs) Everywhere. I mean, it kind of uh, baffles me how we got to this point without hemp being a bigger thing, you know, because I talk to uh, people all the time that are like, oh, I thought this was going to go away in the 80s. Oh, I thought, you know, I've, I've seen some, uh, this is just for the hippies. Thought this was just like a bohemian thing. You know, I just thought this was, um, they, they just have hemp products to be uh, just like a little more durable or to add it in here or there. And I'm like, no, it can be whatever you want it to be. It's just like now we're finally getting the money together and the commitment from people in the community to really put our best foot forward in this industry. So you also talked about having a very grassroots approach to starting this business, starting out of Mm -hmm. just your bedroom. So how do you come along now with promoting your business? So promoting is, you know, you're in the cannabis industry too. So I already know, Ms. Cadabra, you know that promoting can be so difficult, especially with policies uh, like um, Mr. Zuckerberg has on Meta, um, the recreational drugs, which they still uh, consider hemp to be a recreational drug, even though it doesn't you know, meet the same standards. So all of my promotions, my paid br- promotions and advertising as far as Instagram and Facebook are completely blocked. Um, even though I do get a lot of um, organic traffic just from you know, people having questions um, or people searching out hemp, but really not finding much. But as far as uh, advertising, none of it is paid. I have zero paid advertising. It's all organic. And um, I definitely do look forward to uh, policies kind of releasing a little bit more opportunity to uh, me and my business where we can, you know, pay to have advertising and um, I guess reach out a little bit more. But mostly it's been, you know, just other cannabis uh, industry leaders or, you know, I'm part of the um, Oregon uh, Cannabis Association where, you know, we just like have blog posts and emails and, but mostly it's just um, online Google. Uh, We get most of our traffic from there because there's just so many problems with advertising. Yeah, I've had my fair share of problems with advertising to the point where I didn't realize I was actually getting myself flagged more by trying to, like, I wasn't paying, like, big bucks for advertisement, but I was like, you know, I'll put, like, five mm-hmm. bucks down, no biggie. And then, Let's get some more eyes, yeah. Yeah, and they, they Instagram was getting really, really mad, and, like, I was getting this uh, notification. For what? For nothing. Yeah, I was getting a notification on the top of my page, like, hey, uh, you, you should talk to us about expanding uh, your business page. And I said, oh, cool. So I call them and they're like, no, your page is about to get shut down and yeah. it's already been flagged. And that's when I found out that it, that was the beginning of my still current shadow ban because I still mm-hmm. promote cannabis uh, here and there. Because I like what I'm doing, I'm promoting um, medicinal use. I'm promoting like educational content. So yeah. Like the thing, like it'd be different if they were flagging me for that, but my page is getting flagged for things like it's it's always something like um, promotion of gun sales or something completely random. Exactly. Yeah. 
and they're always changing up the rules very slight phrasing to where oh now you can't promote this way or now you got to use broccoli and now you got the mm-hmm. instagram pack with like um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some um, grass clippings from outside or something like yeah it, it's pretty ridiculous because i feel like some um cannabis businesses have, have been very lucky um and they basically aren't uh caught in the um the net you know so um, most of the businesses like they uh if they use any images of like leaves or buds or you know whatever it is uh they get immediately caught because the ai can just like track that but i don't know how some businesses they just get by without getting flagged I don't know. There's a certain nuance to it. And I thought I had it because it was like a good eight months or so. I had no problems. And then all of a sudden, just bam, randomly, because you really don't really know when to expect it. You'll just open up your page. Sometimes it'll be gone. And I feel genuinely in my heart that there isn't anything that me or you are doing wrong or any cannabis business um, by promoting our business and it's kind of it almost feels like a dampering on free speech and on um you know because the united states is supposed to give you uh prosperity in you know opportunities to be able to you know promote your business and you know have a small business and have it become profitable and i think definitely by um social medias having the power to silence us is a big problem and Honestly, I don't even understand the legalities of it because I definitely do feel like it's a type of discrimination. And we've known um, the racial discrimination and problems that, you know, hemp and cannabis have seen in the past. So hopefully it gets Mm -hmm. resolved soon. Um, I feel like more and more people are, you know, hopping on the train of um, understanding and re-educating themselves on cannabis, but it's probably just going to take some time and, you know, some money. And until they change like some policies so that we can, um, get, uh, customers with the products that they want, it's going to be hard to make that money to, you know, push legislation, um, that benefits us and communities and our environment. until so people know what they want from that. And I believe it was a few years ago, there was a lot of um, talk in the media, a lot of heat around the topic of getting banned off of Twitter. I won't name names who, but there were celebrities (laughs) that got themselves into some hot water. And so everybody was upset about them getting deleted for the fact of that is, that's in, what's the word? It's encroaching on their freedom of speech. However, once I joined this industry, I realized, oh, this happens every day and has been happening to people who have been building a career themselves, have been providing for their families off of this cannabis industry, and suddenly every outlet they have is just blocked, deleted, banned, flagged, and that's not fair either. Yeah, and I definitely feel like it has to be some sort of violation of, like, our rights, especially knowing the history of cannabis and, you know, hours and hours of personal research on why is hemp banned? Why is, you know, cannabis a schedule one drug? Once you really get into the nitty gritty of it, you understand the governmental um, overstep. And uh, I know me and you kind of discussed a little bit about the um, Anslinger uh, problem with the um, Drug Enforcement Agency of the United States. And basically, a lot of the racial profiling that happened during that time, especially with, they, they realized the people who were making money uh, from cannabis were minorities. 
It was the black women, um, mm. the Mexican women, um, the Spanish and native women who were, you know, making a lot of textiles, who were um, smoking it, using it recreationally and medically. Um, the men were the one who were um, harvesting it. And they basically were able to take away our ability to make money from, to me, I consider it a uh, cultural significance. Um, I am Latina and it's, it's a Mexican tradition. It's, it's ingrained in our history. So the fact that um, they decided to use cotton as their number one source for making textiles instead of cotton and, or instead of hemp and literally making it illegal really shows um, the extent to which they will uh, overstep to silence us and make us lose money and opportunities as a whole. And they don't care that they really don't care the um, consequences because now we're dealing with such a such a difficult climate crisis, you know, that at this point makes me wonder if it can be reversed, even though that hemp is so good at sequestering um, carbon from the atmosphere. That's a type of reversing um, climate damage and climate change. But, you know, uh, I just read something a little while ago. I'm not sure if you've heard this, uh, mm. that microplastics for the first time were found in breast milk. Oh, Lord, what? Yeah, I read a study just a couple of days ago that microplastics have been found in breast milk. And I think they also said it was found in like a, a baby like embryo or just something, you know, so now we're getting to such a severe crisis that we're finding microplastics in everything. It's in our food. It's in um, it's in the it's in the soil and the air. It's it's just everywhere. I really think that hemp can be a solution to that. But the United States really um, shot themselves in the foot with the whole climate uh, change crisis when they banned hemp because it really I really wish I, I uh, would see hemp everywhere because I feel like we missed out on such a big opportunity and we don't even know where we would have gone if we wouldn't have banned it. I mean, there are a lot of issues that we're still seeing the effects of today because of the fact of just the harsh legality and mm -hmm. stigma that was faced towards people who indulged in cannabis, who profited from yeah. the plant. And now there's people mm -hmm. who make 10 times as much doing 10 times as much in grow production, all that. And these mm -hmm. people, some of them are still locked up. Yeah. And it's... I almost can't believe it. And it's a it's a really like um, touchy subject because, you know, these are people's families and friends that are still um, incarcerated mm -hmm. for, you know, marijuana problems. And one thing that really gets to me is the hypocrisy um, surrounding the cannabis industry, because, you know, cotton, the cotton industry can, um, you know, pump basically herbicides and pesticides and whatever they want into uh, the fields that you know, the water runoff carrying all of these uh, chemicals um, goes into our water. It goes into other um, crop field rotations and, uh, you know, other types of food versus um, hemp is completely organic. It doesn't need any herbicides or pesticides to grow. It uses half the amount of water, it grows four times as fast. It sequesters twice as much carbon and, you know, it, it releases like twice as much oxygen. Like, it really beats it in every single um, category, yet why are we choosing cotton? You know, you really have to sit and like think about that. Who's making money off of this, you know, and who's not making money off of this? And then it, it makes you realize that they're really, it, it's just, it's just so messed up. It's just so messed up. I could talk about this for hours, you know, the history behind it. It just really sucks. Yeah. And we are still, even though there has been 
technically decades mm-hmm. of progress in the cannabis and hemp industry, we are yeah. still in the very early stages of what is to come because there was such a long ban on being able to really research, being able to the right people and being that able research to profit part off really of the gets plan. to me because I believe in the freedom of education. I feel like um, the public has the right to um, have the knowledge and to experiment and to research on, you know, for the betterment of society. And, you know, I've seen some things, you know, a lot of claims around like cannabis, like medically that, you know, we, I would like to know the answers. I know, uh, I feel like the public should know the answers to what are the benefits of um, this plant to say like cancer patients, or does it really cure cancer or, you know, things like that. But for so long it was banned that we just don't have those answers. But me and you and everybody else in this industry, I think we're really just some fighters because we're not getting pushed down anymore. We refuse to be silenced. Um, and this is my way in, you know, this industrial hemp is to make sure that we're going to be around for a long time because hemp itself is so resilient. It's been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, just growing with little water in um, the mountains of the Himalayas. Like, you know, you really can't get rid of that stuff. So it's just amazing to me that it's taken this us so long to embrace it and to um, really understand its capabilities. And I'm honestly just so thankful to be living in the time that we are, where we get to push the boundaries of what we know. Um, Because as little kids, we, we kind of like accept the way things are and, you know, we try to make the best of it. When you become an adult and a part of society, you kind of realize that not everything that you're given is is meant to be that way and that you can change it, but it takes an entire community to change things. Right. And speaking of resilience, how do you stay motivated to keep going when your brand faces obstacles that you may run into? How do I stay motivated? I honestly think it's just a day by day thing because it's it's not always motivation. It's just discipline and understanding that putting in a little bit every single day adds up. And I really don't have um, much to lose because I've I've built this business very safely and um, sustainably where I give as much as I can to it. And um, I just kind of wait for it to grow. I water it and I sing to my little plant business baby and, you know, I cater to it. But it's not always motivation because it it doesn't always look good for me, especially when I was starting out. I was like, is this not going to work? Like, I I really questioned myself, but I was like, you know what? Um, Every single day I've got like 10 minutes that I can just, you know, put towards this. And, you know, even if it fails, like that's just like 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. But really in my head, there is no failing because you got to give up to fail. As long as you keep trying, you aren't necessarily getting the end result right then. You're getting a prototype of what is to come. But it feels so good. It feels so good to be in the process of doing because, you know, I I definitely believe in uh, manifesting your future and uh, visualizing uh, where you want to be and how you want to see things. And 
that that's really what keeps me going because I think it's completely achievable. I don't think it's a stretch to say there should be a hemp in every store. I think that there should be stores of everything hemp. I, I think that I should have more competitors. I think that can really uh, industrialize this entire, um, you know, source and it needs to be revolutionized. And, you know, that's just what I'm trying to do. Okay. And what are some bits of advice that you would give to someone interested in starting their own business? To someone starting their own business? Mm. My biggest piece of advice is to just look for people to not depend on your friends or family to support you because they're not your ideal customer. You know, unless unless you're building a business just to appease your friends and family, which you obviously shouldn't be, um, you know, visualize your bigger mission and really um, cater towards um, the people that you know want to invest in it. Because if for me, my business is something that I believe everybody can benefit from. And in that, they're um, like envisioning the customer that I want. It's really easy to figure out how to serve them best. And, you know, for other people who are wanting to start a business or are just like um, pushing themselves through its creation is to focus on who are you serving and what is the mission that you're serving and then really just focus on that. Nothing else matters. Yeah, that is something that I found myself a little bit misguided in at first was, oh, I want to do all these different types of ideas to appeal to all these different age groups. But mm -hmm. what I really found my niche in and started working um, more towards, which I recommend for other content creators as well, or just anybody with their own business, look mm -hmm. at your um, analytics on a lot of the different sites that you yes. use. Just pay attention to those. See who is paying attention to your content the most. And you don't have to like blatantly be mm -hmm. like, hey, look at me. This is made specifically for you. But just something with like a nice little nod to where you know that like, hey, I know that you are enjoying this content and I hope to make more that will something else that will appease to you, something that you'll tell your friends about. Hey, 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 it's Cadaver from Smoke to Smoke again, and I've got something special to share. If you're a regular listener, you're probably familiar with my homies over at Moonwalker. But guess what? Now I've got a brand new affiliate to bring you that's got a wide range of broad and full spectrum CBD products. You might be wondering, how wide, Cadabra? Well, I'll tell you. Pinnacle Hemp has CBD bath and body products, capsules, carts, disposable vapes, dabbable concentrates, flour, and they've even got CBD pet products safe for your four-legged friends. Is that not enough? Well, when you use my link to check out their site, you'll also be able to look through their catalog of rare cannabinoids as well, like Delta-8, hemp-derived Delta-9, HHC, THCV, and many more of your favorite letters. I know some of you cannot connoisseurs are looking for some very special letters in particular though. Specifically, the COAs, all of which you can view on Pinnacle Hemp's website. And don't forget to use the code CANNA15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's C-A-N-N-A-1-5 at checkout.
into today's episode, how about we take a quick smoke break? For today's smoke break, I'm going to take the time to break down and roll up one of the delicious strains that I've gotten the pleasure to try since moving to Colorado. Everything from the scenery to the greenery has been absolutely remarkable. So if you're ready, let's light up and dig into some Supreme OG. Supreme OG is an indica-dominant hybrid strain that was created as a very special phenotype of OG Kush. With effects similar to Supreme's parent strain, Supreme OG is said to have heavier overall effects with an intense potency that creeps up on a can of consumer and lingers for hours. With a session of Supreme OG, Consumers note mild cerebral stimulation that boosts the spirits and fills them with a touch of creativity and sociability. However, while being distracted by the strain's mood boost, medical consumers were also able to note the couch-locking effects of the strain sneaking up and washing over them as it became harder and harder to be productive. With these effects and its super high 24 to 30% THC level on average, Supreme OG is often chosen to treat those suffering with conditions such as chronic pain, depression, chronic stress, loss of appetite, or nausea, and insomnia. The dominant terpenes in Supreme OG are limonene, followed by myrcene and caryophyllene. That's all I've got for this smoke break. Now let's get back to the episode. Hey, Miss Cadabra, I'm back. Hello. Thank you so much for your patience. Yeah, of course, no problem. Where did we end off? Uh, well, we were just finishing up with the main question, so mm-hmm. sorry about that, listeners. We had to take a little bit of a um, a smoke break, if you will. But we're back break. now. <laughs> <laughs> and before we finish off today's show, I've just got some fun questions just so the listeners can get to know a little bit more about you. Okay, sounds good. All right, so what's your favorite strain? My favorite strain? I think, like, Granddaddy Perp is what it's called, or also, like, the, um, what is it called? I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure it's, it's, uh, oh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. That's a really good one. Ooh, I have not heard of Doctor Strange, but. It is good. Okay, so is it, like, a sativa, indica? What is I think it's a hybrid. I think it is a hybrid. Okay. I'd have to leafly it, you know? Uh, I can't remember. I got you. I, well, I'll definitely have to look that up. Uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll find out more about it myself. I'll get some knowledge in me. So next up, what is your favorite sport to watch and why, if you watch sports? Well, I'm not much of a sports watcher, but since moving to Oregon, they do not play with the Oregon Ducks. And I love watching the Oregon Ducks games because they really turn it into such a fun event out here. The tailgating is crazy. And I live right, well, around the Autzen Stadium for the University of Oregon. So it's it's pretty intense football season around here, and I love watching it because they always got the good food and the tailgating parties. It's just a blast. Oh, okay, okay. That does sound like a – I don't know. Honestly, it sounds like one of those things that would be, like, fun to, like, watch from a distance. Yeah. But I get too anxious in, like, large crowds and everybody screaming and yelling, especially over some sports. Like, oh, no, yeah. somebody's going to get hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next, what is your idea of fun? 
Honestly, my idea of fun is just some good company because I could be doing anything, but if you got some good company, everything's fun. So I like to, you know, go for hikes with friends or, you know, just go out to eat. I definitely do like a um, group smoke sesh. Nothing beats that. Uh, what else? Honestly, just like being outside and just hanging out with my friends. That's really it. I'm pretty simple. Okay. I, I do a lot of outside I'm trying to get more into like the outside adventuring now that I'm here in Colorado and there's a lot to see as far as just the scenery and the mountains. It's beautiful, yeah. but I am more of a recluse, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to break that habit. Yeah, I mean, you know, in Oregon, it's pretty rainy. What's the weather out there? Is it pretty rainy too or... Uh, no, I mean, like, it just we casually snowing, but the sun is out, like, about, I think, on average, 300 days out of the year. Not the casual snow, but at least it's nice and sunny normally. Yeah, but I mean, like, the sun was beating today, and then this, <laughs> the snow was just coming down, just like, just like whatever. And it was, like, 71 day, and the next morning it was snow on the car, so I'm not really understanding the weather yet. A little um, unpredictable, but gorgeous nonetheless. Yeah, dressed in enough layers to wear. If I need to switch up my outfit, I can. Heck yeah, that's the way to do it. Mm -mm. <laughs> so what are your three favorite ways to consume cannabis? My three favorite ways? Well, number one is, I guess, like consuming, you know, if, if I take it... Um, you know, not the literal eating it or, you know, smoking it way. It'd be, you know, just like wearing it or having it as an accessory. But as far as, you know, either smoking or, you know, eating it or um, things like that, I definitely like edibles, but they feel a little too strong for me normally. So most of the time I just like smoke joints because they're just like convenient. You can take them on hikes with you. Um, they're not big and bulky or require water like a bong. So I don't know. I'm kind of a joints girl with the hemp wraps. Yeah, the joints are definitely a go-to because they're just, you can get up and go mostly anywhere with it. Um, either that or a vape for me, just because mm -hmm. they're the most yeah, okay. um, portable even though I, I love my smoking lamp, I would love to just take it everywhere, but I can't <laughs> yeah. bring like a big old bong with me. Just, <laughs> I, I just, I can't. And it's, it's pretty glass. And if I break it, I'm going to be heartbroken. For real. Plus those like dab pens, they knock you out. They, they knock you out. I don't know why, even if it's a sativa or a hybrid, the dab pens always make me so tired. For me, I guess, I don't know, I guess I've been using them for so long that it's just one of those methods that's kind of like, I can have it as a casual daytime puff and it won't drag me down too much unless I like, if I'm hitting it for like 30 minutes straight, okay, now there's a problem. <laughs> but like, yeah, I take a few puffs and it'll be okay. For sure. But since you said that you like hemp wraps, I would like to let you know that the sponsor of the show, Caligars, offers hemp wraps on their site, and they would love to send out a little care package if you're interested with some of their glue bar. Yes. And you said yes? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, so after this, we're going to get everything coordinated. We're going to get you some... Um, glue, some hemp wraps. We're going to get you set up with a nice little Caligars care package. You are too good to me, Miss Cadabra. 
Well, you're welcome. I want to just spread the spread the cheer, you know. Everybody <laughs> needs some some good smoke sesh stuff because I just moved here. I had to get rid of a lot of my stuff. And Cali Gars just sent me another little care package just as a welcome home. And I'm so grateful. That's so for sweet. It. Yes. So I got to spread the cheer to everybody else, making sure they're getting some goodies too. Feels like Christmas. Oh, yes. Christmas year round. Christmas year round. <laughs> Next, if you could be an animal, what animal would you be and why? If I could be an animal, what would I be like? Hmm. Honestly, I'd probably just be a cat. They just like, you could be an outside cat. You can be an indoor cat and just nap all day. You could be a feisty cat. You could just be a sweet little cat who just naps and laps. Like, I don't know. I just feel like being a cat would be the life. Yeah, because, you know, people are going to baby you. Getting lots of attention and rubs. A, you can be an asshole as much as you want, and you're still going to get the same amount of affection. So And be just as cute. Exactly. Exactly. Next, what is your favorite thing to do by yourself? Favorite thing to do by myself? Honestly, I feel like my favorite thing to do by myself is just, like, meditate. If I have um, a moment to myself, I like to really get to know myself and just um, take in everything. My, my mind is um, pretty busy most of the time and it's, uh, it's consuming a lot of um, external factors. You know, working and friends and family and productivity, those all take up a lot of time. So if I have a moment to myself, I like to just think of nothing and just yeah, clear my mind of all the clutter and practice gratitude and patience and um, acceptance. And um, I just feel like it makes me happier, you know, when I'm alone to just uh, meditate. Feels good. Okay. I personally have tried meditation on and off for a, a few years now. Like even since like before the pandemic, I was trying it. And I just can't mm -hmm. get into it personally. Yeah. But I appreciate those who can just the the dedication to just completely zoning in and focusing on just it can be pretty hard you know um something i recommend to people who have tried meditation and can't quite get into it is just before you go to sleep at night you know when you're in bed and you're just right about to like doze off is just you know thinking your um your quiet little safe space consciousness that you're having in that moment. Some people, if they're religious, they kind of like pray in that moment. And that's, you know, their um, base to, you know, thank either the universe or their God or uh, whatever it is. But to me, it's just my safe little mm -hmm. place to meditate in that in that safe, quiet spot before bed. You know, it's just a, some like, you know, I used to just remind myself, be like, okay, I got to wake up at this time. But because then it helped me wake up in the morning. But instead of saying, oh, I got to wake up at this time, I say I got to wake up at this time and I kind of reflect over the day and then I can kind of just um, fall into sleep. OK, yeah, I don't know. Even with that, like I can't just have a quiet room. I need to have something with a little bit of noise. But I've replaced the yeah. TV with like these nice nature dreamscape sounds. OK. And it's made it to where it's like. I guess that's kind of meditation. I'm listening to like white noise or green noise yeah. or stuff like that and just trying to lull myself to sleep that way. Mm -hmm. That definitely seems like a type of meditation, even, you know, because there are 
are different types like uh, self-led or there can be um, like meditation walkthroughs or there can just be like specific sounds like they're I think they're in like megahertz how they do it and it's supposed to be like align you differently you know I don't really know all the specifics of um, meditation I just know that I just like the little quiet spot in my head sometimes okay okay so next up what is something you can't cook Something I can't cook. I can't cook a lot of things. But one thing I definitely can't cook is steak. Because the other night I tried to grill it and it just turned out so bland and burnt. So, yeah, I cannot yeah. cook steak at all. Damn, okay. Um, did you season it? Yeah, I tried. <laughs> I tried. Damn. It was not good. Man, we're going to have to send over the smoke to smoke steak recipe. You like know, to got to. <laughs> must. Oh my goodness, I love cooking steak. Just it pan sear it. That's my go-to. I used to do like um, take the New York strip mm-hmm. and take it in the air fryer with mm-hmm. um, like well, I'll make like country fried steak, but yeah. with uh, New York strip. Okay, that sounds good. But I'd definitely burn it. Ah, oh, no, don't burn it though. <laughs> I, you gotta leave that step out. Yeah, I accidentally be burning everything. Oopsies. Damn. Okay. Um. Yeah, so some pointers, you got to, like, watch it, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, unless watch you it. like it. Like, Step one, watch it. <laughs> I would be an excellent um, chef, like, just, like, have my own cooking course. It would be excellent. Just, like, one, put the things in the pot. Two, watch it. Watch Three, it. <laughs> do it right. Like, that's it. <laughs> the smoke to smoke cookbook. Exactly. <laughs> now, finally, from my questions, can you tell the listeners at home how to find and follow you online? How to find me? Well, the easiest way is if you have Instagram. I'm on Instagram. I just, it's T-H-T-E-E-S, L-O-C. On Facebook, um, same thing, T-H-T's L-O-C. On Google or Bing or Safari, whatever search engine you got, um, our website is T-H-T's L-O-C. You can find me everywhere. All right, and all of that will be linked in the show notes for listeners who are interested in going to check out Gwen a little bit more and getting just a good feel of their products that they've got on the site. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, you can come back anytime. If you got some new products you want to tell us about, let us know. We want to be the first to know. And I will see you around. Yeah, sounds great. See ya. question you want to ask or submit an idea for a future show, email me at smoke to smoke 420 at gmo.com or send me a voice message on Spotify for podcasters. Please be sure to give the show a review and share this show at your next smoke sesh. The podcast email will be included in the show notes. Also, I've got some news and it's big, so gather your friends around. Guess what? Did you know that Smoke to Smoke finally has its own website now? It's been a process a few months in the making, but SmokeToSmokePodcast.com is finally ready for you to check out and get your fill of all things Smoke to Smoke Productions has to offer. All the episodes, my favorite, and even some never-before-seen can of content I've created alongside the classic catalog of Anatomy of a Strange Post. 
And don't forget to follow the show's socials, Smoke to Smoke underscore podcast, for the latest updates when the episodes air and glimpses into my can of adventures and what I might be smoking on that day. The podcast is currently hardcore shadow ban on Instagram, so I've severely nuanced how often I post on there as to not get the account disabled. You know, better safe than sorry. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Smoke to Smoke. I hope y'all enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, if you did, please be sure to review the show wherever you stream, and don't forget to check out THT's LLC on Instagram to see their latest products. And if you see anything you want to call your own, you can stop by their online shop. Everything will be linked in the show notes. That's all I've got for this week. To all my listeners near and far, no matter where you are, remember to smoke responsibly, and I'll see you next Tuesday.